Fences made to keep certain things in and other things out. To keep the wild animals wild and the tame animals tame. But which are we? Hello and welcome to the Feral Christian Podcast, where the modern church, biblical accuracy, the Holy Spirit, and human personalities collide and we try to make some sense of it. My name is Eric and today we are talking about the Sabbath, uh, specifically when it comes to feral Christians. And I'm really excited about this. This is something that has been requested a lot. I've had many people uh, reach out to me and ask if I could do a podcast episode on the idea of having a Sabbath, uh, specifically if you are someone who is trying to be a feral Christian. So I'm really excited to dive into this today. Um, Before we do that, I just have an ask for you guys. Um, If you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it and you think that there's other people in this world that could really uh, be helped and have their life changed um, by becoming a part of this community, because that's how I view this, is is we're a community trying to go on this journey together. And so if you think that there's other people, there's a couple things you can actually do um, that's not going to cost you anything. Could you just subscribe to whatever, if you're listening to this on Apple or Google, just subscribe um, as well as give this a rating, you know, rate this podcast. I'm not sure how it all works, but I have been told that those are the two things that um, they really use to try to decide what podcasts they recommend to people. And so as we are trying to expand this conversation, if you can do that, that really helps out, um, as well as just sharing this on your social media. Um, There's so much negativity right now. Um, This might be something that can bring some positivity um, to the people who you are friends with. So that is my ask. Thank you so much for listening to that. Let's jump right in to this idea of the Sabbath. If you are a feral Christian, should you be observing the Sabbath? And and if so, or if not, how does that actually affect your ability to live out this life as a feral Christian? So this is funny because we, at my church, uh, we did a series on the Ten Commandments. And when it came time to do the Sabbath, I told them, this is funny because this is one of the commandments that the we as the modern church have just decided really isn't for us. Um, we just decided all the other Ten Commandments still apply. Um, they're all still commandments that we feel like, okay, we need to uphold these, except for the Sabbath. That was just one of those that we all, I guess, collectively just got together and said, I don't think that applies to us. I don't think we need to do that. So it's really interesting um, because even as you read in the Bible, in in the New Testament, and and we'll read out of Hebrews, the Bible is pretty clear that we should still be upholding this idea of the Sabbath. Now, I want to be really clear, just like everything else, it's no longer the letter of the law. 
Um, we're, we're not under this old covenant where it's all about the letter of the law and it's all about how, can we exactly go to the T. It's about the spirit of the law. It's about what is the point? What is, what is God trying to do or teach us? And so I'm not here to say that there's a certain day of the week that you can't, you know, take so many steps or, or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about this idea of a Sabbath rest. And I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 4. Um, these are verses 9 through 11. This is what it says. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So this is the New Testament. This is the new covenant, um, you know, and, and he's basically saying, look, we still have this promise of a rest that we can enter. And what I love about that is even the way that he words it is it's not about a command. It's not about, uh, you know, a responsibility that we have. It's about this freedom that we have is, is this rest is on the table for us. It's there for us to take advantage of. And so he's saying, make every effort to do that. And even with that wording, I enjoy it because he's leaving some allowance for, again, it's not meant to be this rigid structure. It has to be this way this time. Now, if God does lay something on your heart that has specifics, if in your prayer time you feel like God is telling you to do something specifically, then I would say follow the letter of that because God is giving you that for a reason. But as far as for us trying to go back and keep every single letter of the law, that is not what uh, I believe this is saying, and I think that that most biblical scholars would agree with me, that it's saying this is something on the table for us. This idea of a Sabbath is on the table for us, and so we should make every effort to actually take advantage of this idea of a Sabbath rest. And, and, and that's such an integral part of what it means to be a Pharaoh Christian, because the idea of being a Pharaoh Christian is I'm not satisfied with the, the table scraps that the world and, and leaders or, or whoever have allowed me to have. I, I'm not satisfied being fenced into this little pen and just counting myself lucky um, that I get some scraps thrown to me every once in a while. I want everything that God has for me. I want to experience the fullness of what God has for me. And part of it is this idea of a Sabbath rest. It is something that, that is on the table for us. And so we should make every effort to take advantage of this and to not leave this on the table. And so let's go. So what's a Sabbath? What is the idea of the Sabbath? And as this verse alluded to, it started with creation. God modeled this for us. He, he made everything in six days and on the seventh day, he rested. He didn't work that day and he enjoyed the work of his hands. And, and we need to start there and just understand today, I'm not sure what kind of person you are. There's all different kinds of people. I tend to be someone who's who's relatively good at relaxing. I, I, I do downtime very well. Um, I, I will sit and just hang out for a while. But some people are go-getters. They want to be accomplishing things. And, and I think that's a really positive 
But what you have to understand is what God modeled for us right from the beginning is this idea of work is meant to be enjoyed. Uh, when you when you do something, the the point of it is to eventually enjoy the work of your hands. And so one of the things that a Sabbath does when you take, uh, you know, at least try to take one day every week where you're not trying to further your kingdom, you're not trying to get caught up, you're not trying to compete with somebody else. When you take a day of the week and just say, today, I'm not going to strive. Today, I'm not going to catch up. I'm not going to, you know, expand my borders today. I'm going to take one day and I'm going to rest. It allows you to enjoy all the work that you've put in. Look, you've worked for six days and there's a reason and there's a purpose and you've been accomplishing things. You've been providing for your family. And, And to take a day where you actually get to enjoy the work of your hands. You get to enjoy seeing it. That's important because otherwise you will burn out because you're just going to keep working and you're going to forget why you're even working. I I call it getting losing the plot. And it happens to me a lot when I'm not taking a Sabbath day is, is you lose the plot. You know, have you ever been watching a movie and like you're watching it, you're understanding the dialogue, you know what's being said, you know specifically what's happening moment to moment, but you have lost the plot. You are no longer connecting all of the little things into the bigger picture. And this is what happens to us, at least to me, when I don't take that day to actually look and enjoy what's been happening. Because then as I go that next week to start working again, to start putting in more time, I can connect all of those tasks to the bigger picture because I have just taken a day to sit and enjoy the bigger picture. And, and I said something there that, that to me changed how I viewed the Sabbath. Because I used to view it as, as rules, right? You can't do this, you can't do that. But God showed me something one time and he connected the Sabbath to the idea of like tithing. And I know that not there's people on different sides of the fence on are we still supposed to tithe? Everybody knows, I at least I believe, everyone would agree that no matter what you believe that you're supposed to take some of the money that you make and give it to God. Now, whether you are rigid about 10%, whether you think it's more or less or, or whatever, that's not the argument that I'm here to have right now. But there's this idea of, let's say you are someone who, who does believe very strongly in the 10%, the tithe. Um, what you're saying is, I can have more. I, I, will, I will enjoy my life more with 90% of my income and God's blessing than I would with 100% of my income without God's blessing. Now, if you do 20%, then you're saying, hey, I would rather have 80% um, and God's blessing than 100% without it. And you just, you, you, you make that shift because you're basically saying, look, I don't, I'm not going to be selfish about my kingdom. I'm not going to want every single cent for my kingdom. I want to focus on God's kingdom. And so you allow that. You, you, you take a portion and say, okay, this portion is not about my kingdom. 
And it's the same thing with your time. That's what the Sabbath is. It's, it's basically the tithe of your time. It's saying, look, I get six days to further my kingdom, right? To, to keep up with the Joneses, to compete with my neighbors, all of those things, six days. But I would rather have six days of working on my kingdom with God's blessing and anointing on my life than I would have seven days without it. And so you take a day and you say, okay, God, this day is for you. That's how I visualize it. Now let's talk about the actual point because Jesus actually fought and and argued with the Pharisees quite a bit on this exact topic while he was on earth because Jesus had a different definition of the Sabbath than the Pharisees had because the Pharisees thought that the Sabbath was a time for them to basically be be victims. Woe is me. I can't work. I can't cook. I can't eat. They felt sorry for themselves on the Sabbath. It was all about taking away from themselves to show their devotion, where Jesus was like, no, the Sabbath is for you. The Sabbath is supposed to be for you receiving. Uh, You should be coming out of the Sabbath absolutely full, way, way better than you were going in. And so they got it flipped. And, and we have to understand if, if we're going to start trying to enter this Sabbath rest, that it is for us. God wants you to have a Sabbath because he wants to pour into you. It's not about you um, showing how devoted you are by, by you know, selflessly sacrificing a day of your week. There is a, a, a part of that where you're saying, God, I, I think so highly of what you can pour in that I will give up what I think I could accomplish. But more than that, it's God saying, would you give me some space for me to pour good things into your life. That's really what it is. And that's what Jesus was trying to show while he was on earth. And that's why he kept healing people on the Sabbath. Because he was showing the Sabbath is meant to make you whole. It's for your benefit. You should come out of the Sabbath and you should be full. But that is not how the Pharisees defined it. And, and when I tell people, hey, you should try to practice having a Sabbath day, I fear that that's how they view it, that they're going to view themselves in a, oh, woe is me, I can't do anything today, but at least God knows that I love him, versus, man, I'm going to enter into this Sabbath rest, and I'm going to come out of it so full and so ready to go that I will accomplish more in the next six days than I would have if you would have given me seven days. That's the idea of the Sabbath. And, And this is all throughout the Bible. And here's what's really amazing, and this is how God made sense of it for me is that in the Bible, not only did did the Israelites have to have a Sabbath, but the land had to have a Sabbath. You could only grow crops on on land for six years. And then you had to give it a year off. That seventh year, it had to have a year off. Now, just on the surface level, you look at that and you go, okay, well, that was just God really making sure that they understood what his commands were. But if you know anything about farming, you know that if you do this with land, 
it grows so much better crops. If you give land a year off every seven years, it will give you such good crops because it needs that year off. Because no matter how well you tried to, you try to take care of the land and you try to fertilize it and you try to put nutrients in it, if you are just constantly forcing that land to produce, 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 you're eventually going to get to the point where that land is just, there's going to be nutrients that it doesn't have. Even if you try to put extra nutrients in, it, it can't do it anymore. And, and, and that land is going to start to produce less and less and less. And this happens to us all the time. We, we try to just keep going. We, we, we live in this country that is constantly demanding us produce, produce, produce. And no matter how much you try to take care of yourself, you try to get eight hours of sleep, you try to eat right and all of that, eventually you're going to start burning out because that's just the way it is. Now, here's what's amazing that they have found is let's say a land has been producing crops that, that require a certain nutrient. And so no matter how well um, the farmer has tried to keep that soil good, eventually the soil is just going to start really lacking a certain nutrient. And not only that, is plants not only take certain nutrients, but they, they put other nutrients into the soil. And that becomes a problem as well, is, is not only do you have a lack of one thing, but you have a buildup of something else. And so the land just gets out of whack and it can't produce. But when you give the land a year off, what is amazing is that nature beautifully knows what to grow on that land. So if you just leave that land alone, What's going to grow there, it's probably going to be a weed, something that doesn't produce results, something that you can't go sell. But if you just let whatever wants to grow there, grow there, if you truly leave it alone, nature somehow perfectly knows the exact plant and it'll grow a plant that, that takes the nutrients that the soil has too much of and actually puts in the nutrient that the land is lacking. And there's just this idea where there is a time where if you just leave it alone, give the land time, let the land heal itself, just give it a year, and it can start producing again. This is, this is how it works with us. No matter how well you try to take care of yourself, you're going to, throughout your days, there's going to be a buildup of some things. There's going to be a lack of something else. And you're going to find yourself out of whack. That's just the way it works. And when you take a day off, and here's what I, here's what I tell people and here's what I try to do. And by the way, I'm going to pause and say, I'm not good at this. I don't do this nearly enough. So if you're someone who knows me and goes, well, you don't do this, I'm admitting it right here. I need to do a better job of this. And so I am preaching to myself right now, but I, a lot of people have asked me and I know I'm convicted in my own life on what the Bible says. So I want to share that with you guys as well, is you get out of whack. And no matter how well you try to take care of yourself, how much sleep you try to get, your emotions start to 
just not be there anymore. They, they, you, you fly off the handle. You lose your patience. You, you, your fruit just starts to decline in your life. And here is the, the purpose of this Sabbath day is you don't make plans. You don't decide what you need. You allow God to do what needs to happen in your life. Just like in nature, you don't decide what plants grow. You simply don't plant anything and you allow the land to grow what it needs to grow. It's the same thing when you set aside this day is you don't make plans, you don't decide, you're not fixing, you're not solving, you, you allow God to grow. And there's times where I've done this Sabbath where I've stared at a wall for eight hours and that was what needed to grow that, that day. That is what I needed. There's been other days where I've played video games, where I've beaten Super Mario Brothers because that day, that was, that, that was the plant that my soil needed that day. The whole point is not to not do anything. It's not a test of, can I go a day without doing anything? It's giving space to God and allowing him to grow in your soil what your soil needs. What are you lacking? What do you have an excess of? What needs to be pulled out? What needs to be poured in? And God knows what you need. And a Sabbath is just giving space saying, today it's not about my plan. Today it's not about how I think I can fix things. Today it's about whatever needs to grow, I'm going to let it grow. I'm going to give it a day. And you can talk to any farmer. You can talk to people who know it. Land, if you allow it to, to reset itself, you're going to see so much more fruit on the other side of it. And, and that's this, it's a principle that, that most people understand mentally, but they don't, they don't actually practice it. And I would say I'm, I'm one of those, is that when you take the time to rest, you get more done in six days than you could have done in seven days. And, and it's even biblical. I want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to start with verse 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. This idea, it's funny, is like run the race to win. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, he must be saying that, that I have to run the race fast. I have to go all out. But he specifies when you run the race to win, it's running in a straight line. It's having alignment. It's making sure that where you're planning to run to tomorrow is actually the right direction. Because no matter how fast you are, if you're constantly having to backtrack, if you're constantly going the wrong way and having to come back, you're going to lose. The people who win are the ones who know where they're going and they run straight where they're supposed to be going. And the only way we can do that is when we take time 
for God to pour into our lives because that's going to be our direction for the coming week. That's going to make sure that we know we're on track because I guarantee if you give God a day, and I'm not saying that you need to sit and just listen to worship music all day, although for some of you that might be the most amazing thing that you could think of, but it's not, it's not about just trying to be as boring as possible. It's giving God space to speak and pour into your life and reset your soul and get your heart healthy. Because this is where if you're starting to get off track, you give God a day and he lets you know. You start to sense that. You start to understand, I got to make some changes. And you can do it before you're a mile and a half off in that direction. And that's how you win the race is you have to run with endurance, meaning that you have to stay willing to run. You have to be able to keep going for the long haul. And that's what this Sabbath rest is for. And that's what it's all about, is keep going for the long haul. Is This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. And so you give yourself one day a week. And for some of you, you might not be able to do that. For some of you, you might say, I can give myself four hours a week. Well, then give yourself four hours a week, four hours that you're not trying to further your kingdom. You're not trying to compete with the Joneses. You're not trying to get caught up on life. You are saying, God, I will not choose what gets planted. I'm not going to be in control of what grows. This is your time. What does my soil need today? And really listen to God and really let God pour into you what you need. Because ultimately what's going to happen, what happened in the Bible is if you try to rob the land of the Sabbath, which we all try to do, we try to rob ourselves of the Sabbath, and that's what you're doing. You're not robbing God. You're robbing yourself of the Sabbath. Eventually, you are going to get to the point where you are so burned out that you are going to have to sit out for a long time. And that's what happened to the land. There were times where God said, look, this land is going to get all of its Sabbath. So you've skipped this many. So now you're going to have to sit because this land is, it's getting all of the Sabbath that it needs. And there are times where we do this to ourselves. We keep pushing, we keep pushing, we keep pushing. And eventually we get to the point where we're so burned out that we have to be shut down for a while. And none of us want that. And so if you don't want to get to that point where you're getting truly just shut down, you have to give yourself rest because that is how you stay healthy. And I can promise you a well-rested person, a person who is healthy, a person whose land has the nutrients that it needs and doesn't have a buildup of the nutrients it doesn't need, that person will always get more done in six days than an unhealthy person can get done in seven. It's just a fact of life. They've done studies that even they're finding that people who work four days instead of five, even though they're working eight less hours a week, an entire extra day off, they are just as productive in those four days as the other people are in their five days. We're finding this out. Rest matters. 
And space matters, especially when that space is set aside for God to do something in your life, to speak and to heal and to pour in. I just, I I feel like there's so many people that God wants to give great gifts, good things, but they have just no space in their life that, that it makes an allowance for God to pour those things in. And I think that's why Hebrews tells, let's, let's make every effort to enter into that rest because it's as we enter in that we actually receive the benefits of that rest. But again, you have to be a feral Christian if you're going to do this because you are no longer relying on what everyone else is relying on. See, that's what a domesticated Christian does is, is we rely on what the world relies on and that's just keep producing, keep producing, keep producing. There's a fear in the world. If you stop producing, if you actually take a step back, especially, God forbid, one day every single week, then you are going to get passed by. You're going to lose it all. And that's how a domesticated Christian thinks. But a feral Christian pushes past those fences and understands, no, if God is blessing me and filling me up and making me healthy, I'm going to get more done in six days than I ever could have done in seven. And so hopefully this helps you with this idea of the Sabbath. And and again, I want to be crystal clear. This This cannot be some rigid law thing. This is God saying, give me space in your life and watch what I do with the space that you give me and actually compare it to what you could have done if you kept that space for yourself. And if that, if you have to start with four hours, then that's fine. But for me, I would love to live a life where it's, it's a full day. And I'm, I'm not there yet. I, some, some weeks I do good, other weeks not so much. But I believe that God is telling us, set space aside for me. Not just in your finances, but in your time. And watch what I do. Watch how much better the rest of your time is because you have given that time to me. And I think that that's going to help us all live as feral Christians. So remember to test some fences in your life and do everything you can to possess the land that God is calling you to possess. Until next time. What if I told you that on the other side of these fences, there is land where the Pauls and the Timothys used to walk. That just beyond these fences of church pews, traditions, and rules, there are forests that we once owned. That right past the that's just how it's done's and just do what you're told's lay a place where we can regain what we've lost. Our strength, our senses, our power, the ability to live the way we were always meant to live. What if they're all still there, waiting for us, just beyond the fence?